Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com easter24. Welcome to the Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. Brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome to the Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture. My name is Kimberly Cook, and I'm the Assistant Director at the Hendricks Center. And today, we are going to be talking about how Christians should think about the paranormal. We hope that this can be a really helpful time to tackle some of the like mysterious and more disarming experiences and things that we hear accounts of, and um, just really work through how to think through the claim the claims of those kinds of experiences and navigating situations in which we find ourselves knowing what in not even knowing that's probably a strong word in this <laughs> this environment, but trying to work through how to think biblically and theologically and where to um, not overemphasize or underemphasize the the spiritual mm-hmm. world. So we are joined by um, very distinguished guests today. We on my right is a, a retired DTS professor who continues private practice and overseeing budding um, counselors, Linda Martin. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And then to my left is Scott Harrell, who and just be prepared. This is this is a little bit long. Uh, <laughs> In a good way. (laughs) Professor of Theological Studies here at DTS um, and is also adjunct professor at CETECA, which is a seminary in Guatemala, Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary in Jordan, and the Center for Theological Development in Mozambique. So he has been all over the world multiple times. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. All right. So to get us started on this conversation, which is just really exciting, I've been looking forward to this <laughs> podcast because I have a thousand questions and I'm sure that the people listening have a lot of questions as well. But to start off with, and just so everybody can kind of get to know you all, how did you come to reflect on these areas, on the areas of the supernatural and the paranormal? And we'll get into what those words even mean in a second. But Linda, let's start with you. How did you come to be thinking in this area? Um, if I had been reincarnated, I used to be a cat, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm curious about everything. Uh, so I've just, uh, um, I've just been curious about everything. Okay. So I really got into it more in depth after my graduate work because I thought I was going to be a counselor and teach people appropriate boundaries and communication skills and those kind of things. So one day I was working with a client of mine, uh, this is while I was doing my doctoral work, and she had come in with a pain in her side. Well, I was doing projective techniques at the time, so I said, why don't you just kind of close your eyes and let your mind's eye go down to that area of your body? And so she sat there with her eyes closed, and I said, go down there and look and uh, tell me what you see. So she said, oh, it's really dark. It's really dark. See, I'm expecting some association with the memory or something like that. 
So I said, well, keep looking. She said, oh, it's really, really black. I said, okay. So she sits there quietly for a while, and I'm sitting there quietly for a while. All of a sudden, with her eyes closed, she says, she's mine. I couldn't think of any graduate book where that <laughs> had come up. <laughs> Prepared you for all I knew is how I, to answer in that out. moment. <laughs> all I know is the hair on the back of my neck went up. And interesting, what came into my mind immediately was my old catechism training, where you mm. memorize verses. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hmm. I felt comforted, but I was still lost. I didn't know what to do. But that's how I started. Hmm. Wow. What a t- like what a cliffhanger of a <laughs> start. Okay. Scott, how did you come to be interested in this area? Yeah, mine's reflect. not quite so dramatic because I've been <laughs> in a lot of places. But I, I, when I went out with, with YWAM, I was 18 years old, and we were in the town near the most remote of a little island called Tobago. Spaceside is the name of the town. And the rest of the team had gone back to the capital three hours away, and I was, I don't know, I must have bumped into a a pastor who said, I'm a spiritual Baptist pastor. Would you like to preach at my church tonight? Which was oh a goodness. Monday night. <laughs> well, sure, I'm spiritual, I'm Baptist, mm-hmm. gotcha. And I, I went there, and he comes in. It was getting cloudy and rainy and lightning, too. He comes in with a bell to, uh, to scare out the spirits. Mm. Water sprinkled around to attract the spirit, and flowers to appease the saints, a few things like that. Well, I preached everything I knew, the Pentecostal pastor showed up too, so they sort of an amen contest, who, who could outdo the other. A little girl went sleep and fell off her bench, which made a big, oh my big crash on the ground. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just walked out, walked out of there thinking, um, I have no idea what just happened, but it was strange. So welcome to the uh, unseen world. <laughs> So what does it, um, well, again, we'll get to definitions in just a second with regard to, you know, what paranormal and supernatural and all of those things do and don't mean. But I'm just curious a little bit more. What does it look like to reflect in these areas? Because I find it interesting that you both tell a story. And and so is it largely experience-based? Have you, what, you know what reading in the area or what, I I mean, I'm not looking for some kind of certificate or credential, but just what has it looked like as you have reflected and thought about these areas? What does that, what does that even look like? I'm always looking for answers Um, because um, I grew up as a Lutheran, conservative Lutheran. And so we knew we had the right answers. (laughs) And uh, my mother had a bunch of sisters, but we knew my mother was the best of the sisters. So as I grew yeah, I mean, that was helpful. You know, and I lived in a state, Iowa, that had no poison spiders or poison things. So I knew I had the best of everything. And so I would assume everybody would agree with me because I had the best and I knew the best. And, and it's as I grew up, I thought, I wonder if everybody else thinks that what they think is right. Mm-hmm. So now I became hmm. on a quest to... Is truth really that I think is true really true? And then I started questioning everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, Francis Schaeffer apparently went through a time like that where he just threw it all out and had to start over too. So I felt like that. Um, and um, forgetting what your question was, but that's how I got into it. Is mm-hmm. I was I was reading everything. Bridie Murphy, that was reincarnation at the time. That book came out. 
Uh, I was reading things that glossolalia, mm -hmm. I never heard that. Uh, we Lutherans didn't even talk, let alone in tongues. <laughs> so uh, I would just... You interpreted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so I, I did a lot of reading, and some of probably which we may touch on today, and, and the slightly occult, and mm -hmm. I even read about ectoplasm and those kind of things. Which, do you know what that is? I do not. That's no. all right. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, really? They used to weigh bodies when they put a body dying on a bed, and then they wanted to know how much the spirit weighed. So then at the moment of death, they could see the weight difference. They decided it was just a couple ounces. Wow. And then they used to do a, a Krillian uh, photograph to catch the spirit going stuff. So I was curious about, do you see what I mean? I mm -hmm. used to be a cat. <laughs> so I've been around. Okay. All right. What about you, Scott? What does it look like? What has it looked like to reflect on these things? Well, I think it's just been through the years, different things that have come up. And I haven't had a lot of direct experience, but I remember needing answers. I, speaking of Francis Schaeffer, I yeah. went to Libri, lived at Libri. Mm -hmm. Os Guinness was writing his famous book, uh, The Dust of Death. And about that time, he was writing about the really dark, the occult. And, and he would explain to us that strange things are happening. Things mm -hmm. fall off shelves. Mm -hmm. uh, there seems to be real spirit activity, even where I'm writing this in my own home. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd known a little, but uh, I suppose... Then, as a missionary and other things, you, you see that sort of thing uh, more often than one would expect. Okay. Okay, so when we're approaching this topic for the first time in a serious way, and we're not just, you know, giving candy to some, like, little children dressed up as ghosts at our front door, <laughs> when, we're, when we're approaching it in a serious manner, what definition what are we talking about what are the mm. definitions that we need to know what are the areas that we need to know and that you would suggest you know a basic christian or a basic pastor should be aware of so what i mean so i've at least thrown out two so there's the supernatural and the paranormal would you mind unpacking the difference between the two are there differences well, i'm normal okay <laughs> i'm not sure about everyone else uh, normal would be the natural world that we live in uh, the experiences that we have supernatural of course are beyond what uh, can be verified really paranormal in some ways as well the paranormal might be the broader term well linda you might be able to help me here too it is what uh, from a in a naturalist world we simply don't understand what's going on there. Supernatural very clearly defines uh, spirits or forces beyond us, but that are in some sense defined as spirits, ghosts, mm -hmm. in some places saints, mm -hmm. God working, Satan working. Mm -hmm. So the supernatural is the more elevated of the two. Paranormal can be that we just don't understand it, okay. but it could be supernatural. Okay. What other areas should we, terms we should know what they mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, and things that maybe used to be considered uh, paranormal, we just haven't, didn't have the science to understand it, too. So knowing what is paranormal, uh, the northern lights seemed scary until they understood the, the, the temperature change, the inversions of the whatever up there. And uh, 
Uh, so hmm. I rem- a silly thing, but an example. I used to be terrified of sinkholes. As a child, I read the paper and I read about a sinkhole. So I was probably nine years old. All I knew is all of a sudden the earth could open up and fall in, and mm-hmm. you could fall in it. I knew that that happened with Moses, you know, when people disagreed with him, the earth opened up and some fell in. <laughs> so I was very sensitive to sinkholes. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is how children think. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Absolutely. I moved a little, bit, a little bit beyond it. But as I grew older, I started reading about sinkholes and what causes them and how the earth erodes the sand underneath and it'll fall in. And then it was, then it took it out of the paranormal for me that it wasn't aliens who were underground sucking in bodies like the old movies mm-hmm. showed. Um, so that would be an example of sometimes we just don't know enough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a, uh, it can be normal. I mean, ice cubes are paranormal to somebody who's never mm-hmm. seen cold weather. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, okay. And so, what is? Oh, we'll get into some uh, some a little bit more of those later on. Um, so, you've already talked about you know some things coming off shelves and definitely some kind of other entity speaking from the woman that you were counseling. So, are there any? Is there credibility to the stories of the supernatural that we are hearing? And for those who would really want to know, like, what does the Bible have to say about that and helping decide whether or not those are credible stories? Linda, let's start with you. Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, Well, I was thinking about stories in the Bible. Um, Of course, there's always, you know... um, uh, was it the witch of Endor? Was mm-hmm. it calling up Samuel? Indeed. And lo and behold, she got him. You know. Sure looks that way. Yeah, it looks that way. So was that really Samuel? Was that really? So can people come from the dead back into this realm? Uh, the Bible would suggest that happened, but we don't know what it really. I don't know. Um, so. I put that in with a lot of other things that I hear from clients or interviews or things like that, and I know a lot of strange things do happen. Scott, would you, what would you yeah. add? Sharon Bigley in Newsweek, uh, this goes back a few years, but she said that, I don't know what her source was, but she's a well-known religion <laughs> writer, 40% of Americans believe that aliens may have come to Earth and taken people captive, 40%. Mm-hmm. She talks about how there are quirks in the, for her, evolutionary process of forming our brain, so that there, there are aspects of perception that, that just that's sort of like a kink in the machine. All of a sudden, something that we perceive doesn't make sense. And of course, for us, uh, for anyone, you already have some kind of a worldview that's behind you. You have a way of thinking, so, oh, that must have been an angel when somebody else looking on might say, no, you just were lucky. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been a spirit or might have been whatever else. But we do um, fill in the blanks, the gaps, with what we think maybe should have happened. So I, I just, in fact, just this last weekend taught taught on angels and, and spirits. This was a pretty calm class. They didn't want to say much. <laughs> Sometimes people really do burst out with all these stories they have. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it was an angel, but probably not. You know, I hate mm-hmm. to be too, too much a skeptic. Other times, it's very, very clear that 
something happened that goes well beyond what we can explain. So, um, can I interrupt you for a second? Sure. Please so, do. what makes it clear? What makes it clear? So, when you when you hear that yes. and you and you say, you know, at least for you, when you would be making that decision yeah. as to what a student would be saying, what would make it seem clear to you? One is where there seems to be no other explanation except the supernatural. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, dare I give an example? Sure. <laughs> uh, one of our students who who graduated with his THM, but but he and his wife and two children, little children, were in where Cleveland, uh, icy winter, seventeen below at that point, and and he ended up sleeping with one child and his wife another, which they never did. But in that, he had a he had something of a uh, a vision that or a dream that suddenly woke him up. And as he woke up in the middle of the night, then he heard glass break, and he thought maybe somebody's breaking into the house. So he started running down the hall and hit a thick cloud of smoke. He immediately woke, woke up his wife and children and, and with bare feet ran out into the snow as their house literally burned down. <laughs> the head of the fire department said, how did you wake up? This is a kind of fire that nobody wakes up. It sucks the oxygen out of the rooms, and you're, you're asleep before you know what hit you. And it was at that point that this man named Jake said, the Lord wants more of my life than I've given him. Hmm. And that, that's what led him to seminary. Hmm. So how do you explain something like that? Maybe coincidence, but many times that which surrounds it, like Peter he didn't know what was going on with him when he, when the angel broke him out of the prison, and yet he thought it was all a vision until he's standing in the street. The angels left him, and I'm really here. <laughs> I'm not, Something yeah. really I am happened. Not in jail. <laughs> so often it's hindsight that fills some of that in. Yeah, that's how. Okay. Okay. It helps a little. <laughs> but I just want to be clear for anybody listening. We are we are saying, sure, there are instances where, you know, some credibility might be in question. But as believers, we definitely hold to a supernatural world and yeah. to a spirit world. And so we have really the vantage point that allows us potentially some explanation or understanding, though that is a very loose that we hold our explanations loosely because, again, it's outside of much of our understanding and like even perception. And so we have to hold that loosely, but we do recognize that as opposed to somebody who would just say, well, that's none of that's true. It's only mm-hmm. the material world. And you're, you know, the, the books just fell off the shelf in the middle of the night. There's nothing wrong. You know, that kind of thing is that, would you guys confer, concur with that or no? Okay. I, I was studying this very area. <laughs> On, I'm, I'm on very the interested. And, and at 11 at night, all of a sudden, a whole wall of books came crashing down. Hmm. That has never happened before or since. It freaked me out, and my immediate thought was, there's, there's more going on here than just hmm. – I just put them back up, same stuff. Mm-hmm. They've never fallen again. How do you account for that? I don't know, but I have my suspicions. Yeah, yeah. So those things do happen that mm-hmm. are difficult to perceive in other ways, but are possible other ways. So, Okay. So well, uh, Let me come out on that yes, one. Yes, please. Uh, <clears throat> I have some equivalent things, and, and it irritates me that there should be supernatural things that I then account to darker forces 
and I get irritated at them. So, I mean, this is my reaction to Unpack them. that for us. <laughs> like, how dare you? I mean, I'm a child of the king. We all know that. Hmm. Yes. You know, so I just pray against them. And uh, I don't like to think, because I know a lot of really dark things because of the client base I work with. I don't like to have that in the front of my mind. So when I go to the store, I don't look around and go, what do you do at night? You know, mm-hmm. what ceremonies mm-hmm. do you lead? I don't like to live there, and I feel like it almost gives Satan too much of me. So I think the best of everyone. I'm cheerful. We joke and all that. I don't know what they do at night, but if I found out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that, that element. No, that that's actually really helpful. That leads right into the next question. So if we do in some measure as believers recognize the supernatural the presence and existence of the supernatural world how do we think distinctively christianly that's too many ly's but how do we how do we think in a distinctively christian manner about this area in a way that doesn't just take us to you know what we see on in hollywood or you know or other like the occult and what they might do you know what might be real or not with what they do what how do we distinctively as christians approach these areas linda oh that's going to respond to what scott was going to say oh okay (laughs) no 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 no. it's all right (laughs) uh maybe i'll give you the philosophy of demonics that i cultivated okay okay um And this is this is part scripture and part my experience with them. I came to believe that demonics are just like germs. They're around all the time because we were born into a fallen world. And what that means is uh, they're against God's the image of God in us. So we're in a fallen world with germs around us. And yet at the same time, we give we are given through scriptures all the ways to live in a healthy way. When we live in a healthy way, germs don't typically bother us. In fact, mm-hmm. we have a very good uh, system to fight off germs. We have, you know, so you don't worry about germs. You live a healthy life. You have good family, good relationships. You learn all the one another concepts in the Bible, how to forgive one another and confront one another, and all these things. Uh, what happens is when you get into woundings, you know, then in woundings the germ can get in. And those are what we have to uh, be careful about. How do you deal with a wounding? Mm-hmm. See, because anything of the spirit world, the, the demonic world, if you want to say, uh, would have us divide and conquer. You know, they want divisions. Christ's last prayer was about unity. Mm-hmm. So his, all of his teaching is how to come together, how to wear shoes of peace and so forth. It's just opposite. You just think opposite, and you know what the the uh, the supernatural world uh, would have for you. Um, and so I I put it in sense simply because I taught first grade and third grade out of college, and I found <laughs> that's out always that's the best way. Yes. Yeah. My my father always said if you can't put the cookies on the lower shelf, you probably don't know it to begin with. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So, um, so, just to follow up on what you're saying, it, for clarity's sake, 
Are you saying that when when we look at the supernatural world, we should largely just presume it's demonic? No, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, uh, but when we sense an evilness to it, okay. then those are the germs. Uh, if my hands are sticky, I don't assume that's something toxic. It's probably, you know, some sugar I've been eating. Uh, so, no. Uh, like I was thinking about, because I just saw the movie Titanic recently, a re thing on the television. Okay. When the Titanic went down, people all over the world woke up in the middle of the night. They knew something had happened to their loved one. Now, that's supernatural. That's not demonic. But it does speak of some sort of a... You know, is intuition. Uh, my mother always had intuition, which was spooky <laughs> or irritating, you know. Uh, that's not demonic. So there is uh, another aspect of the world that I don't even know what to call it, paranormal. Okay. Alongside the normal. That is just not demonic. Okay, I just want to. Yeah. I just want to be. Does that help? Make sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that's very helpful. I just want to be yeah. sure that we're all saying yeah. the same thing and talking through that. Okay. From Christianity Today, this is Mike Cosper. I'm the director of CT Media and one of the hosts of the Bulletin, a podcast about the people, events, and issues that are shaping our world. Each week on The Bulletin, we bring in a variety of guests for conversations about the most important questions Christians are asking. Our hope is to encourage the church to live with a faithful presence in a fallen world and to cut through the polarizing noise that's dividing not just the church, but the communities around us. New episodes of The Bulletin come out every Friday, so subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Scott, what would you say with regard to how to think Christianly about this general area? Well, pretty obviously, we start with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, one of the primary texts, there's other ones as well, but uh, should I read Deuteronomy 18? Sure. Just a little passage of it. When you enter the land the Lord God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable way of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So there's a good structure, and that continues right into the New Testament as to what we are to avoid and, and uh, stand against, really. And I don't think it's in vain that, like Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, mm -hmm. lest Satan get a foothold into your life. So mm -hmm. along with the wounding, uh, I think, Linda, I would add, when there's conscious sin in a believer's life, mm. particularly sin repeated, justifying it, maybe getting away with it and all of that, that, that weakens a child of God, a soldier of God, daughter or son. It breaks down their armor in some ways mm -hmm. and makes them also susceptible to, let's say, supernatural and I would say demonic oppression because of that mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so so what I'm hearing you all say is that 
as believers, we need to recognize the legitimacy of this dimension of our existence, of our reality. And and in doing that, um, as we do that, we need to be very careful, be very careful in any instances, particularly, like you've said, like where there would be some kind of wounding, uh, you know, emotional, like relational, psychological, Um, all of that, right? A lot of people have trauma backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as well as wounding from sin and continuous Mm -hmm. sin. And so is it only with caution that we should approach the supernatural? As believers? Maybe we need to bring in also here, as believers, we've been regenerate. We have the Holy Spirit within us. Mm-hmm. And, and not many have the gift of discernment, probably, but all of us should be discernful. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We have the Word of God to guide us. And so, Word of God and listening, trusting step-by-step step with our Lord protects us from all kinds of stuff. And, and a lot of things we just don't know. Where is this coming from? Is this of God? Is it, you know, it is paranormal. Um, Lord, keep me on track. And, and you, don't see, you don't see the Apostle Paul or any of the apostles going around as ghostbusters. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not going in to spirit of centers and casting out everyone. That, those problems usually came to them, mm-hmm. and, and then they dealt with it. I think of, where was it, Philippi, where, where Paul is preaching, and I think Silas is with him, and it says that day after day, this girl who was a medium kept walking after them mm-hmm. and saying, these men are the men of God and they're telling you how to be saved. How does it get any better than that? That's mm-hmm. advertisement you can't pay for. <laughs> but after, it says, many days, Paul became frustrated with that, turned around and cast out the demon, and literally all hell broke loose on him and Silas. Mm-hmm. Of course, they, went, they were beat in prison and all the rest. But he didn't go after it. In fact, he ignored it for a while. And maybe that's good for us to do, typically, too. Hmm. Do you have anything yeah. to add? I, I, I don't think it's good for me to obsess about it. Um, and um, because, I mean, the whole thing is we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And as believers, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And um, at least keeping ourselves open to his guidance. I mean, he nudges us when we're going too far the other way. If I'm, I mean, I get nudged a lot. Um, because I, I'm curious. <laughs> uh, but then I always have to go, because I'm always curious why somebody believes something I think is absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would they believe that? So then I let myself go into it. But then I always say, is this scriptural? Well, if it isn't, then then I know exactly what I either need to talk to them about or their error, and then I can resolve something in myself. So I enter into more places with people, uh, just kind of like that's my nature, and that's my nature with therapists. I don't assume, although I know another therapist that says he assumes everybody that comes in is lying to him. Hmm. I assume there probably are, but they don't intend to, or they intend to, but they're not really, and I will notice where they're not lying. You know. So, <laughs> How do I think about that? Do I think, well, you know, the Bible doesn't have anything like that, really, you know, and it just says that it created, that God created the world. And, 
and okay, the universe, but the only creatures and, you know, beings, it seems like that he largely created, at least at that point, is given to me in Genesis. And so to go beyond that is to really go beyond what I know uh, with regard to origins and that kind of thing. You know, like, so how do Mm -hmm. I, so if that's one of the things that's coming to mind, what would you guys say to help my mind try to think through, okay, if that is real, then does that mean that God isn't real and the Bible isn't true? Because it doesn't seem to have anything like that reflected in how to live a godly life. And, you know, it says it's equipped for godly living. Well, if that's the case and there are aliens, how do I live in a godly way with aliens? You know? Well, <laughs> so, I cleaned my house what, today. What, what's your opinion? <laughs> well, see, and that's the way I thought. I mean, I know, I know exactly what you're thinking. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we might disagree some because the Bible is the Word of God. God mm-hmm. is really there. He's the sovereign one. And because the scriptures don't bring it up, I think we can – there's always ambiguities in life. And I think, well, the kids, let's keep firm in our faith the Lord Jesus and let's entrust him. And if you're scared at night, like our kids would be in Brazil and we'd have spiritist works out in front mm-hmm. of the house, sacrifices against us. But you trust Christ, walk in and claim his power. And if there be any malignant spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, speak out loud, don't shout, just uh, tell them to get out of the home and leave those little children alone, and that they can rest in the Lord and be safe. But there are things we don't know, and I think the scriptures don't go there because we don't need to know in one sense. That may not satisfy the curious 10-year-old, though, so Linda, help us out here. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, one of the verses that uh, Philippians 2.10, the one about uh, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him, meaning Christ, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And this is what I always thought was so interesting. You know that one. Above the earth, uh, on the earth, and under the earth. And I thought, under the earth? Okay, I know night crawlers are under the earth. I mean, you know, I'm from Iowa. I'm real simple like this. But I always was puzzled about that. I, I've since looked that up, and they're talking about the kind of the tripart way, the old, you know, the, they said heaven was up there with the stars. Earth was, uh, uh, let's see, there's the heaven, it's a tripart thing. The heaven was the sun and the stars, and then the middle earth, and then the earth sat on top of what was left over, which was just kind of under the earth, and that's where um, Lazarus and, you know, when he was in the bowels of, or the, you know, with, help me out there, at Lazarus Abraham's and Booth. Yes. yes. Okay, so that would be under the earth. Mm-hmm. Or not. Uh, because then if you go to Genesis 6, and this is where a lot of other Christian researchers go to Genesis 6 and go, what happened where the, the sons yeah. of God thought the daughters of men, and they were cast down and kept out of their estate? You know, they were almost cast to earth as punishment. So where are they? I don't know. But in one sense, it doesn't matter, because I end up where you do, Scott, yeah. which is uh, Christ is above all, mm-hmm. and every knee will bow. And so I don't care who's under the earth. If they're coming out, and there are a lot of stories, especially if you go to Indian uh, stories of their history, of portals where they do come out. 
there we still got Jesus, which is a name above all names. And so I would end up talking to my children, just like you would have, that we they have the authority in us that that uh, that Jesus gave us. Mm-hmm. That's the distinctively yes. Christian view, regardless yes. of what is. Regardless if they're real or not real. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. We have the medicine. If the disease is real or not real, we have the medicine for it anyway. <laughs> and our Lord proclaimed victory over, you could say, Hades and Tartarus, the lower yes, exactly. echelons, the, the abyss of powerful enemies of God. He went down there and preached and, to them. And he, he has the victory in all of this. So yeah. the Holy Saturday, as it's sometimes called, between Friday and Sunday, I think is increasingly being appreciated as our Lord conquering the dead, and uh, proclaiming the, of course, good news to those like Lazarus in the the, the bosom of Abraham. Uh, that's their salvation, and 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 perhaps being at that point taken into the heavenlies. But certainly, he has proclaimed his victory over the spirits mm-hmm. of the underworld. So, just as we talk about heaven being up, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so the other being down. That may be metaphor, but. But maybe not. Yeah, it's a different dimension. So I I do want us to just hit a couple other of the supernatural type entities that we were, um, that I referenced earlier. So we've already kind of touched on witches, witchcraft, and mediums. So I, you know, there, it seems like, especially Scott, with what you shared, there's some clearer indications in biblical um, direction with regard to those and very much an assertion of their reality and a, caution to avoid um so then i there are two more i want to talk about i want to talk about ghosts and i want to talk about the undead and we have very little time so i'm gonna pitch into you quickly (laughs) so ghosts um and we can start with the idea of you know casper the friendly ghost uh but you know for those apparition type things that people think that they have seen there's haunted tours pretty much in every single major city in at least the united states what's your take on that and how should christians think about it Ghosts. i hear about them a lot from people. even when i was here because they knew i was of the professors i'm one of the spooky ones you know <laughs> Scared so, me half to death sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, so they would come into my office and they would tell me their strange spiritual stories, whether they were, uh, lived in a haunted house or, you know, a dead grandmother kept advising them or just weird things. And uh, uh, I mean, you know, my answer is, I don't know. That's my answer. Okay. So uh, you. Well, because it. Cause it my understanding of scripture is we don't stay around and haunt the places. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who's doing all this, and uh, I don't know, but it does seem like things happen. And so I don't know. I just soon think of Casper. <laughs> uh, Scott, do you have Linda, anything to add on the ghosts? One, the one exception, of course, Lazarus and others came yes. forth from the dead. Uh, and at the resurrection at that point. But it is appointed to man once to die and then the judgment. So what to do with these ancestral spirits and the ideas yeah. in almost every culture from mm-hmm. Eskimo to Polynesia to, mm-hmm. to Zambia? What Which do you do makes with all it that? seem like there's something really going on it in does, that. Which makes it seem like there's something really going on in that. 
there it is a a widespread but the scripture you know the passage i read out of deuteronomy 18 Mm -hmm. didn't say that's not real it said don't consult them yes stay away from it Hmm. so we can dismiss it in a lot of different ways but whatever it is stay away from it Hmm. i mean you know moses could throw down aaron's staff and mm-hmm. it became a, a, a snake. But then Pharaoh brought his boys out, and they threw down their staffs, and they became snakes as well. This isn't sleight of hand. This isn't a trick you buy in New York City. This is real stuff. So the evil and the power of the supernatural is really there. Mm-hmm. But we're told to avoid it. Hmm. Right. That gets you into, like, the witches and uh, mm-hmm. those, the mediums and so forth, because... Uh, it really bothers me when people talk about, oh, let's get a Ouija board and let's mm-hmm. do this and that. And I'm thinking, you don't know that you're opening up doors to the the evil and the demonics that would love to come in and open doors and enlighten you on things that are possible for you. I mean, I, as you know, because I work with a lot of trauma clients, one man told me about lying there at age 16 and he looked at the foot of his bed and there was a face looking back at him. And they just stared at each other for a while. And and finally, the face said, what do you want? Hmm. And so he told the face. And you can imagine he wanted what a 16-year-old boy who wasn't yet popular in school wanted, all those things. And within a year, he had all those things. He later went on to become a, you know, a head priest in a satanic covenant. Uh, and, and there's a lot more to that story because mm-hmm. God was after him, too. But see, so all those things are real, but we're not to play with them or have uh, or make room for them. Uh, and there are a lot of things that open the doors to them. I was looking, one of my, one of my clients sent me uh, the ad that Disney is, is starting a new series that's called Little Demon. It's uh, Satan is now having a daughter who is the Antichrist. I mean, so look mm. at all the stuff that's flooding our culture. One, to make it silly and we can play with the demonics, we can play with uh, all this stuff because it's not dangerous. Well, see, that's a trick. Mm-hmm. It is dangerous. Mm. And it makes it attractive and exciting. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Almost every psychic that I, I know of, and I, I, we have the John of God series on Netflix in the last two years, a lot of others as well. I've got Edgar Casey, who mm-hmm. founded the Association for Religious Enlightenment. They often start out even as religious kids. Edgar Casey loved the Bible and taught taught the Bible for 20 years in his church and didn't want anyone to ask the spirit in him, as he'd go into a trance and give medical solutions around the country, didn't want anybody asking religious questions. He said, no, I believe the Bible. But with time, okay, ask a religious question. And the psychics very often are, I'm going to say, invaded uh, by some kind of power. I'm going to say a a spiritual demonic power, very young, but it's very beautiful, and everything they do seems to turn out lovely. Always as, at the beginning. Yeah, and mm-hmm. with time. So even warning our children, don't go there. Um, not everything you see on Disney is uh, is great, much less mm-hmm. some of the other ones. So I think bathing our kids in prayer and helping them to learn to pray to resist uh, the evil one, though they don't understand it all, is really a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
Like Tolkien says, not all that glitters is gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me follow up on that one because it's it's four mothers. Uh, there was a, a witch, um, and she knew she was a witch, uh, but there were, she got ill in her latter years, and some Christians, Christian women, started taking care of her. Well, she became a believer. And then, uh, and I saw an interview with her, and even over the three years in between the first and the second, you could tell her face was softening after hmm. she became a believer. She went back to the mother of two girls because her job as a young person was to go around and make friends with kids and entice them into things where they then could be abused and could keep secrets and get pulled into occult strange stuff. She was after these two kids and she could never get them and they she would never she could never get them. So she went to her their mother who was an old woman at the time and said, "I'm sorry, I was a witch and my father was this blah blah evil and uh, I could never get your kids. Why? And she said, I was so afraid for my children, I didn't know what to do. So every morning during breakfast, I stood behind them with one hand on each one of them, and I prayed silently for the Lord's protection Mm. over them that whole day. She Mm. said, I did that every morning, every morning, every morning. And the ex-witch said, that makes sense now. Hmm. Let me throw something in. Okay, we've got it. We've got it. I had lots of students who were uh, involved in spiritism before they came to Christ in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And Juan was brought up in a spiritist family and uh, trained to be one of their, their leaders in the future. And then his leader, called a father of saints, said, but stay away from evangelicals. You have no power over them. Hmm. It was like the lights went on. Well, why don't we have uh-huh. any power over them? So. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, That's cool. so we, I would love to continue this conversation, but we are out of time. And I'm sure that we will do more podcasts on this topic because there are very real things that need to be dug into even deeper to help other believers think through these issues um, and through these areas. So, but what overall I'm hearing is very much there is a supernatural world. We don't want to disregard that. And as believers, we believe it is there, but we are to treat it very cautiously and um, not to delve into anything really that seems to be outside of <laughs> the indwelling of the spirit and the leading of the Lord through scripture and his community um, and his people. Is that fair? All right. And they can be set free. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And there is yes. much power behind that that spirit and um, his people. All right. So I want to thank you, Scott and Linda, for joining us today. Um, It has been a ball. Thank you so much for being here. And we want to thank you who are listening. And we just ask that you be sure to join us next time when we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks for listening to The Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well.